0: I've got the sports, the sickness, there's twins in my brain.
1: The big three are back in the world of cyclocross. Or maybe it's better to talk about the one. Mathieu van der Poel has crushed the field in his first four races. He conquered Herentals, caused a storm in Mol, flew over the sand in Antwerpen and made it a phenomenal mudfest in Gavre. Welcome to a new episode of Cross is Boss. And welcome to you as well, Dieter. It's been a while since the two of us sat together to talk about cyclocross. Have you enjoyed the return of the big three? Uh, It's a bit, yeah, double. Because it's amazing to see an
0: athlete like Van der Poel destroying courses close to perfection. but it all also made the races more boring. I think Wout van Acht um, always makes the races a bit more exciting when he's riding against none of the big three. Uh, but Van der Poel doesn't really bother to make the race exciting. He just rides away whenever he can. So that's...
1: Exactly. Yeah. The problem is, um, a lot of people say, yeah, when Van der Poel or... The big three in general join the cyclocross riders. The races get less attractive. That means you agree with that, except for the fact that it's the fault of Mathieu van der Poel. Yeah, the races are less exciting. So yeah, it's 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 true. Maybe a difficult question. Do you prefer it without them or with them? I think without them, to be honest.
0: Um... If we had a Van Aaght and Pitcock in perfect shape, I think they could battle with Van der Poel, then it would be more fun. Um, but the races I saw the last two weeks, like after 40 minutes, I thought I'd still going. It felt like the race was on for like one and a half hour. Um, but the races before the big three joints were always exciting races. We saw like a lot of five different World Cup winners or something. So yeah, that,
1: that was great. So, yeah, I think that was better, to be honest. It was quite of an exceptional season uh, in yeah. the World Cup, I think, without uh, Van der Poel and Van Aert. But, yeah, you already mentioned it, Wout Van Aert, he doesn't really focus on, on this winter. And then there's also Tom Pitcock, but he has to start on, yeah, start line, what is it, four or even five? Four, yeah. Um, those two things, they make it a little hard to say a how good Mathieu van der Poel really is. Mm -hmm. But what do you think of his level? Is it really that exceptional?
0: I think it's pretty exceptional. Uh, But for example, in Gavre... um a bit further in the race, when Pitcock's um, bad luck ended, he wrote a, a lap one second faster than Van der Poel's fastest lap. So that also says a lot about Pitcock. I mean, he needs to maintain it for a whole race, but uh, that lap on it already says a lot. Um, but yeah, Pitcock did one cross training before his first race. Uh, Van Aert did like two. Uh, and Van der Poel has been in Spain. He started uh, his off-season a lot earlier, so we started this, um, so we could start streaming again um, earlier. I think it's a combination of a very good van der Poel and a less good Pitcocken and van Aert.
1: Well, let's go back to the start of, yeah, to the real return of the big three last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in Moll when we saw mm-hmm. the first battle between van Aert and van der Poel. Um, what were your expectations before the race? Uh, yeah, we saw was it
0: uh Essen was Van Aert's return? Yeah. Yeah. We saw uh he wasn't he wasn't great, it was like a, a D field uh and Van Aert didn't win like with with such power that you thought yeah he can battle with Van der Poel, and Van der Poel won um, Herentals in a, in a ridiculous way. He he basically flew up the, the Skiberg the first time. So, yeah, I I think everybody already had a feeling that Van der Poel was going to uh, destroy Wout van Moll.
1: Only 10 riders were able to reach the finish line uh, in Moll. Okay, the course is quite short for a mm-hmm. cyclocross race uh, there, but 10 riders that also say, says something about the speed um, of Machu van der Bue. It was incredible. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: good riders, uh, OTL. Like, I think the last one was, was Sandro De Vett. Um I think he's, uh, uh, how do you say it, elite zonder
1: contract. Uh, zonder contract. I don't know yeah, how you say even, it. Even, I think, Tom Meusen had to battle to reach the finish line. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. he, he's not the rider he used to be anymore, but mm-hmm. it's still Tom Meusen. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, insane. He, he should have been.
0: I I I read that he actually should have been taken out, but he ignored uh, the steward
1: and he and he rode on and still finished tenth. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you kind of disappointed by the level of what Van Aert? Uh,
0: I think he. Yeah, uh, he, he said it that he trained less, and it's it was true. Um. So yeah, it's it's what he 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 expected himself. I think after the the classic season, uh if van der Poel beats van Acht again, then if I am Van Acht I'm going to have a a very hard think about what I've done in the in the cross season. Uh but for now we can't say anything about that yet. If if Van Acht now has the ability to battle with van Poel in, in Vlaanderen, great decision. If he hasn't mm,
1: but you have to say, uh, what he did last year was the other way around. Um, Wout van Aert was at a mm-hmm. very good level. He was really strong. Did a lot of races. And then he missed the final punch in the classics. So maybe that's something we need to keep in mind and talk about it again in, in a few months. The day that's after exactly. MOL, um, both van Aert and van der Poel went to uh, Antwerp for the World Cup. I was there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I witnessed something I've never seen. I think, um, Marc van der Poel was doing the reckon of the course. He did like three laps or something. But the difference between the reckon of van der Poel and all the others, that was insane to see. He was like flying through the sand, five kilometers an hour faster than everyone else. And yeah, in the race, we need to say it. Um, he had some bad luck at the start, but. Mm-hmm. Thank God he had some bad luck. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now he he rode away in lap two or something. Otherwise it would have been right from the start. Um, yeah, he shot out the um at the start. Um, but then like the part when they ride next to the sea, uh, in one one lap, I think the second lap he just rode straight through the sea. He passed like ten
1: guys. He rode,
0: and there was a small uphill
1: section in the sand that yeah. he was flying over it like no one else exactly like 50 meters
0: further than than other guys i think without exaggerating it's yeah yeah,
1: crazy do you think this is the best match of underpool uh, you've ever seen as a cyclocross racer i i think that's possible and uh,
0: i also heard in the let's slow ride fast podcast and i already saw it during cross too he did a lot of more strength training and and during cross races i also saw that like. Uh, one, he's um, very lean. And uh, two, his muscles in his legs are, yeah, they, they show a lot more. So I think due to um, that strength training, he has a lot more muscles. And that's exactly what you need in, in cross races, short uh, accelerations. So <laughs> buckle up next year if, uh, if, Van der Poel's attack, if, if Van der Poel attacks on the
1: Poggio or the Quaremont. <laughs> I have to admit... Um, I've been thinking about it when I was in Antwerpen and I thought about it after Gavre again. Yeah, these performances um, as a cyclocross rider, it may be the best cyclocross performance I've ever seen.
0: I also heard in a a podcast um, Sven and Niels Halbert were there in the Play Sports podcast, I think. Mm -hmm. And they were comparing themselves. Uh, with peak van der Poel and he also said we wouldn't be able to follow him and that's Sven and Niels Albrecht saying that, eh? Sven Nijs is like the biggest legacy everyone has in, in Cross, so if they even say that yeah, they know it, it better than,
1: than me, yeah. Absolutely Wojt van Aert um, he had a decent start in Antwerpen, he was like position 5 or 6 I think mm-hmm. Mathieu van der Poel was 20 places behind him um, but he didn't care to, to take the lead to to push uh, Van der Poel to come back he just waits he waited for him to get back and then Van der Poel attacks and he didn't even try to chase him that says a lot
0: yeah and I think it's the best decision um, yesterday yesterday um, we saw Van Acht trying to follow Van der Poel um, and I've never seen Van Acht's face that red I think um, he almost blew up um the Israbeets uh, no was it the, the second group was van der Haag and Nieuwenhuis. Nieuwenhuis, yeah. Um they almost uh, caught up to Van Aag because he blew up so hard trying to follow Van der Poel. So yeah, it's it's the and He said it himself
1: afterwards, after the race. Yeah. He said his coach told him, Yeah, try to follow Mathieu for one lap and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, he tried to do it half a lap. <laughs> he got burned. Um, I don't think we'll see it again uh, soon in any other race. What Van Aert chasing Van der Poel or going Bye. over the limit like that. Was
0: Niels, Niels Albert said that was a course where he thinks Van A can battle with Van der Poel. And I think I have to agree. Uh, Kokseiden is a course that suits Van Aert very good. I think it was his first um big win i think his first
1: world cup win if van yeah, i yeah van van has done world. several good performances yeah there. i remember him um he got beaten by swannays uh, the old swannays against the very yeah, young mode uh, van art uh, in a head-to-head fight but remember the question we'll get back to that at the end of uh, of this episode uh, third place in antwerpen went to eli iserbit mm-hmm. and in my opinion we need to give the guy some credits. What Isidor has done this season, he has been racing almost every single cyclocross r- race you can do, and he did so at a pretty high level. Yeah, that's that's
0: true. I think also in uh, in Zolder today, um, he could battle with Van Aert. I think Van Aert was doing playing it a bit, yeah, to make it exciting. Uh, but still, yeah, he's. He's the man of the cross-season. is uh, a bit uh, How many races has he done? Like 20 or something? So, yeah, that, that deserves some respect, yeah.
1: Definitely. And thanks to that, thanks to not skipping any races, um, yeah, he's like battling for the three big classifications. I think he's pretty much everywhere in the lead, except for X2O maybe, where Lars van der Haar is in the lead, but is a bit a couple of seconds behind him. Anyway, um, kudos to Elie Um Boxing day in Gavre. What a tough course. Yeah. Uh, it Maybe uh, one of the toughest of the season.
0: Yeah, I think after Koppenberg it was the, the toughest course this, this season. Uh, and like the, the long climb, which normally they can ride up the whole climb. They had to run like 75% of it. Which made it a vote van acht part, but even being it yeah, a Wout van acht part, you still that's something try to people follow.
1: say say too often, I think. Yeah, it's it's a course where you have to, to run um for a pretty long time and then they make it a vote van art course, but that doesn't mean Mathieu van der Poel is running slowly. <laughs> he's well, running fast too.
0: Yeah, exactly, but uh yeah, on 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 the uphill running section I think van acht is is better than van der Poel. R- relatively, um, but with, uh, with the difference in form, I think
1: Van der Poel is still, at the moment, at least as good. Mathieu, he said, it's easier to ride on your own on such a hard and muddy course. Do you agree with that? Why is that for people that don't really follow cyclocross? Why is it better to ride alone? I think, first of all,
0: Mathieu Van der Poel is such a technical god. He, he He's... Able to find his own lines. Um, other people uh, might find it nice that someone with a good technique is writing in front of them so they can follow their lines, but Van der Poel doesn't need that. Um, so it's more like Van der Poel is a bit irritated by others taking bad lines, I think, because he's just so good on, on himself. I don't think a lot of people have the have the same thought.
1: I saw a nice stat by Jonas Kritter. Um, he said, Gavre was the slowest race Mathieu van der Poel has ever won in his career.
0: That's That no Kopenhagen has ever been slower than he won? His...
1: Yeah, but he didn't lo- win a lot of Kopenhagen. Probably that's the reason. And when talking about speed, the average speed of Mathieu van der Poel in Antwerpen, 27 kilometers an hour. With, with a lot of sense. So yeah, that's...
0: Yeah, if you do that on like a, a race bike that's already pretty decent and to do <laughs> that on on, <laughs> on on a cross bike yeah, with such a bad start uh
1: with all the traffic yeah, yeah. um you already mentioned Tom Pitcock do you think if <clears throat> Pitcock was on the first line or second line to start <laughs> um do you think he would have been able to follow much of Uh,
0: I think or a couple of laps that I don't think, or maybe like one lap, two laps, but not the whole race. Um but put Havre a month later, and I think Pitcock will be pretty close to, to, to Vanderpool. Um but I don't think at the moment
1: like <laughs> the yeah the guy is flying, so yeah. I've been surprised several times this season by Joris Nieuwenhuis. Yeah. <clears throat> but he was battling for third place in Gavre as well. Was that still a surprise to you? Uh, no. He
0: surprised me. Yeah. He's a, he's a, a strange guy. Uh, yeah. Nieuwenhuis. First, I had big expectations last year. Uh, I even betted on him to finish top <laughs> three in in Naam. Uh, I, I had it was super high odds. I had a pretty big stake on it, so it was like for a lot of money, and he finished fourth, so I was pretty bummed by that. Um, so I had some expect, yeah, even more expectations this year because he did a lot of specific cross training. He didn't do that last year. He even still wrote a Vuelta at the end of the on of the season. Um, but yeah, it's such a level like Sol. he rode away. Literally after five seconds and he soloed the whole race on such a technical course. Um well I think I was uh thinking about Taboch, imagine it's in snow. Van der Pool has been pretty bad at Val- snow course. Remember
1: Valdi Soli last year? That was yeah, yeah the worst well, performance yeah. of, of Mathieu van der Pool season, I think, last year. Um yeah. Anyway, um, there was one moment in Gavre where Macho van der Poel... um, He bumped into the guy from Costa Rica, Mm -hmm. Felipe Nistrum. Of course, the speed of van der Poel is is extremely high. That makes Mm -hmm. that a lot of riders get lapped. Mm -hmm. Um, After the race, Felipe Nistrum, he was in tears. The guy did a crowdfunding, I think, um, to be able to come to Europe and race over here. But then his... yeah. The cyclocross god, he he got punched by him because he was in the way taking pictures with fans. And after the race, they did an interview with the guy. He was almost crying. He wanted to apologize to Mathieu van der Poel. Um, what do you think about that?
0: Uh, first of all, get rid of the 80% rule. Improve that. So today in Zolder, we also saw it... Um, I think it was with Van Van Ampel, a, uh, a girl almost crashed her out in the last descent. Um, and second of all, uh was a mistake by uh, Nistrum, um, but he didn't do it on purpose. Van der Poel also said things like that happen. And then I see people um, saying Van der Poel is aggressive, etc. The guy was just trying not to crash. He almost got a bike in his face. He's riding 35 km an hour through a mud section. He wasn't in aggressive. my opinion.
1: You, you can't blame anyone, you can't blame van der Poel yeah, okay? exactly. He's in the lead, he wants to have the right track. Mm-hmm. You can't blame Nystrom either. He yeah. He's yeah. spreading the love uh, among the fans, yeah. the fans love, love him as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think case closed, no problem.
0: Yeah, if there is anyone to blame, it's the 80% rule, was, which has proven to be so bad a lot of times. And it's yeah nothing changes. Uh, but I don't think Nistrim or Van der Poel uh,
1: need to be called out or something. Uh, I agree with that. The women's race was pretty interesting as well. But Pieterse took her first win of the season, first World yeah. Cup win. Um, were you surprised by the fact that Petersen hadn't won a World Cup race yet this season?
0: um, She started her season right after uh, a very big mountain bike season. Um, She rode the American World Cup, then took some rest I think. Uh, And after rest, yeah, you can't be on your best level again. And we saw, I think, the the worst Pieterse in the field we have seen for a pretty long time. So she just needed time to get that first victory and it came earlier than I expected, to be honest. I didn't expect her to already win in, in Gavre. Um, looking at her form in the first races after a break, um, yeah, I, I didn't, if anyone was going to win that, um, if it wasn't Favre I would have expected it to be Alvarado. So
1: probably, The amount uh, of, the amount of top riders in the women's races is getting bigger and bigger. And that's a really yeah. nice thing to see. You have Alvarado winning races. Fan Van Empel is, is, yeah, is Van Van Empel. Uh, Listen, Abrand is back. Um, but Pieterse is, is winning races again. So And you can also... It, uh, it's getting put, interesting again.
0: <laughs> and you can also put uh, Shira Van Andro in form. You can also put her. So you have well, like five women who can... My all, next question win was...
1: My next question was about Shirin van Androy. She abandoned the race in Gavre. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. she crashed on training and broke a rib. So that means she won't be at the start of yeah the coming races. Um, Do you think she will be able to get back to the best level? Um, I think she will be racing in Tabor, the World Championships. Is it still possible? First of
0: all, huge respect to... Race three cross races with a broken rib without even realizing it. And such a hard Yeah, how high of a pain level can you can you have insane? Uh, And then yeah, I think it's possible. Tabares in begin of beginning of February. uh, It's more than a month. Um, I think her legs weren't a problem. Uh, She had a lot of bad luck and not the best technique.
1: She has Uh, one big problem, I think. She doesn't have the best start in races.
0: Also, yeah, which is pretty strange because she has a lot of power. So does she do something wrong in, uh, yeah, like the warming up or something that she can't go deep from the start? Uh, yeah, I don't
1: don't really understand that to be honest. Also, Shirin is still under twenty three, I think. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know in which category she would race in Tabor, but yeah. let's not forget how how young she is. And what She's you, going to uh, race
0: elite in, in Tavog. She already needs to right. like the thing in the new see she demanded it is
1: already. Then she needs to be top level. For sure. Um Remember the question I was talking about? Mathieu van der Poel, he has 14 cyclocross races on his schedule. Do you expect him to win all 14 races? Hmm. I think
0: van der Poel is is, is, is when he's so good, sometimes he is uh, yeah, getting bored mid-race. And I, I see it happening, to be honest, that he crashes so hard somewhere because of being bored that he loses that race. Uh, we've, we've seen that a lot in the past, to be honest. And Van Acht is also getting better. I think each race you can see Van Art getting better. Um, so I think he's going to get 13 out of 14 and he's going to lose
1: one race to Wout van Aert. Or to yeah. Tom Pitcock. Or also no. <laughs> no. Uh, but there's
0: no really technical course which is well, very suited to you Pitcock. Were over, you were talking about
1: Coxade. You were talking about Coxade, where mm-hmm. uh, the chances of Wout van Aert might be bigger. But what about Zonhoven? That's the race I had in mind. That's suited more to, to Van Poel, I think. If... if in, if last relatively year, to Vanacht. last year we had a big fight there and Wout van Aert won
0: yeah and if you look at Kokseide, Van Aert won it with like almost two minutes on Van der Poel last year, so I think Kokseide is a bit better for, for Van Aert, it's also uh, you have longer um, longer hard sections sections in Zonova. it's
1: a bit more explosive and it suits Van der Poel better I think we Should brainstorm about Tom Pitcock as well. Um, what <laughs> yeah. about his races next Saturday? There is host. maybe that's a course that suits him. Yeah, that's that's a
0: course that suits him. I think he
1: won it last
0: year or the year before against he has won Adara. it. Yeah, yeah, in, in this rainbow jersey, so it has to be last year then. Yeah, um, and yeah, I. From the rest, there's no real technical course like Nam or Haver, which is coming, I think. So that's a, a pity for Tom Pitcock. Or, uh, or am I forgetting a race?
1: Yeah, he's going to Hama as well, I think. Binidorm, maybe. Ah.
0: Uh, yeah, it will be difficult then, I think, for, for Tom Pitcock. I think he's going to show a very good level and is going to stay um, in Van der Poel's wheel for a long time in some races, but he isn't going to win one, I think.
1: Peter, this morning you told me you really wanted to mention Niels van der Putten. <laughs> Can yeah. you tell me why? The guys,
0: there's, uh, there are five races um, this week: on Tuesday Jaren, Wednesday uh, Zolder, Thursday Dijen, Friday Lunaut. and Saturday Hulst. And the guys riding all five. So yeah, I, I don't know what he eats in uh, in the Christmas period, but heads off to
1: <laughs> to that guy. Maybe you need something he eats for tomorrow. Um, (laughs) Tomorrow you'll be at the start of the Turbo Cross as a part of the Telenet Super Prestige Round in Dichem. Together with a few others, a few other YouTubers, uh, Belgian content creators, and also some ex-pro riders, you'll be racing two laps. What do you expect from it? It's a field
0: is. The level of the field is really high, to be honest. You uh, have Sean yeah, he has podiums World Championships, the current World Champion duotlons, you have ex-pros with the GCM presenters. Um, you, also also guys, have,
1: you also have a certain domestic Yves de Yeah.
0: That isn't... I saw a cyclocross. Uh, he he sent some clips about his cyclocross skills today. I think that's that's going to be all right to beat him tomorrow. To be honest,
1: so I should put my money on you to beat Eve. Is that the challenge? What if you lose? I've got to come up with something.
0: It's 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 rough because I think Eve has, Eve's um uh, form is better than than mine at the moment. It's to be honest, always always has been better than mine. But my I think my technique technique is better because I, I mountain bike a lot and that's pretty similar to, to cross racing and if all only rides on the road. So I hope to
1: uh I hope to beat him with my technique. Well, I'm looking forward to hear all about it in the next Cross Boss episode. Thank you for joining me, Dieter, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in again. Enjoy the next races and have a wonderful end of 2023. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: I've got the spots, the sickness, there's the twins in my brain.